0: There are times when Easter seems to come slowly, not so much because of the calendar or the weather, but because it is a hope too big to grasp, a promise that points farther ahead than we can see. When it is like that for us, we are in the company of the apostles. Mary Magdalene has been at the tomb since before dawn. and Once she has taken in the fact that there is nothing there, that the tomb is empty, she finds it very hard to move past her first assumption, the body has been stolen, things were bad, and now they're worse. She goes back to Jerusalem with nothing more than confusion and fear and brings Peter and the beloved disciple back they too stand and stare dumbstruck at the fact that they are looking at nothing. Somehow, John comes to believe, if not the whole Easter Gospel, but he comes to believe. He sees that Jesus is not there. The grave clothes and the wrap bindings have been left in place. Something has happened. He just can't quite put it into words. It doesn't quite finish his questions. He saw and believed, but didn't understand. We understand that. Easter comes slowly and sometimes seems anticlimactic, never so much as when John writes the disciples return to their own homes. Mary Magdalene stays in place, though, and once more she looks into the tomb, and this time there are angels, angels who are almost impatient with her. Woman, why are you weeping? Honestly, when a person is standing by a grave in a cemetery, you don't ask that, do you? They did and she remains unable to get past her first assumption, the only thing that made sense. Someone has taken the body away and she needs to take care of this problem. If Easter asks you to believe more than seems possible, here is one person who will understand. Then she turns again and is confused once more Grief and loss have so overwhelmed her that when she sees Jesus, she only sees him within the limited, closed reality of what she knew. This must be the gardener, the one who has done what seems to be the most likely thing to have happened. And even when he asks her whom she seeks, she still can't get past her assumption of what must have happened. Maybe there are times when we see Jesus with our own assumptions and not in the full truth of who he is. We place him but within our own preformed worldview. It is easy to place Jesus where we expect or even want him, and that might be a starting place. But it doesn't get us to the fullness of the gospel. Easter comes slowly when it asks us to believe in grace that can change our lives. Forgiveness and reconciliation where there is shame and brokenness. Hope in a broken world that carries a burden of grief. That is a lot to believe. It is more than we expect. And when Jesus stands there, we can only place him within our expectations. He must be the gardener. Mary explains it all to the gardener. Tell me where the body is and I will take it away. She can only hope for so much. I think we all know where she is standing. And then Jesus calls her name. This is only the second time in all the gospel that Jesus has addressed anyone by name. The first time was when he stood by Lazarus' tomb. And there, with a voice of authority, he said, Lazarus, come out. Now with gentleness that lets this weeping woman know that he knows her, and that in turn lets her recognize who stands before her, he calls her name with love, Mary, he says. And she turns once more and sees the risen Lord. Easter comes on its own schedule each year, the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox. But more importantly, Easter comes to each one of us when beyond all we have learned to expect, beyond the little we have learned to expect, we hear Jesus call our name, the one who knows us and who loves us even as his grace transforms us. We know him when we realize how well he knows us and how deeply he loves us. The tomb is empty because God has acted. It may come solely for us, but God has acted and Jesus stands before us. If you're still looking at an empty tomb with only a reasonable explanation, if you're still feeling that really you need to take care of the problem, there is an abounding grace. There is a hope that brings light and darkness water into the desert, life into the midst of death. The risen Lord, in the midst of our limited hopes and relentless question, patiently asks us what we seek and lovingly calls our name. That is where Easter happens. The empty tomb is one thing, but the grace and the abounding love of God that transforms us, the hope that dries tears and strengthens us for service in this world, that is Christ's triumph over death and sin in and for us. Mary encountered the risen Lord in the garden, and she was sent once more running back into the city, back to the disciples who had gone back to their own homes, but she goes with clarity and with hope, commissioned to take her joy and let it grow in others, I have seen the Lord. Once Easter comes, when we have heard our name spoken by the one whose voice breaks open tombs, heals broken hearts, and renews the world, when we hear that voice call our name, then we will have something to say, a message to carry. We don't have to spend any more time at the tomb. Love is the lesson which the Lord has taught. And from the moment Easter dawns in us, we know that we have been loved to the depth of the cross. We have been loved even in the power of new life springing forth out of the tomb before we got there. We have been loved so that we can love God in all things and above all things and each other for God's sake. We have found joy and, that, and we can be a source of joy. We can tell what we have seen. It is Easter, and so the light shines and hope abounds. May God bring each of us to that moment where we hear Christ call our name and know that love floods our lives and flows through us in grateful return to God and towards each other, even as he taught us.